0: is Sunrise, the who, what, when, where, why, and WTF of Florida politics. I'm Rick Flagg reporting from Tallahassee, where the state has begun vaccinating seniors at nursing homes for COVID-19.
1: This is the beginning of the end to all of that for all of these people who have had to suffer with being alone and the mental health impacts of that in their elder years
0: vaccinations are scheduled to begin at most florida nursing homes on monday but the governor decided to get an early start in two counties that have an abundance of long-term care facilities for seniors
2: Twenty-one thousand four hundred fifty doses of pfizer we're splitting it between broward and pinellas and the reason we chose those two is that there's a high concentration of these facilities in both counties so between these two counties uh, over the next week we anticipate vaccinating um, 112 different facilities
0: A new report in the Fort Lauderdale News and Sun Sentinel accuses the state of artificially depressing the COVID death toll in the weeks before the election. But they're booming now. 125 additional fatalities were reported Wednesday, along with 11,541 newly confirmed cases of COVID-19. The man who runs the Florida Department of Law Enforcement is defending his officers, saying it was wrong for COVID whistleblower Rebecca Jones to compare FDLE agents to the Gestapo.
3: The Gestapo dragged innocent men, women, and children out of their homes and murdered them. So to compare agents lawfully executing a search warrant to the Gestapo is, is ridiculous, um, and, and it should be offensive to everyone.
0: FDLE Commissioner Rick Swearengen says they have not completed their investigation of Jones, but he says she lied repeatedly about the raid on her Tallahassee home. On today's Sunrise Soapbox, Florida's attorney general defends her support for a lawsuit that would have invalidated millions of votes in four swing states won by Joe Biden. Democrats call it an attempted coup. Ashley Moody says she was trying to bring faith and trust to the electoral process.
4: Government officials want to see a fair election process that is done with integrity and if there are questions about that that the courts are given an opportunity to to hear those and in filing an amicus asking the supreme court to take jurisdiction that's what we were doing
0: we'll also have your calendar of political events plus the story of a florida woman charged with attacking a maid and throwing her own german shepherd from a second story balcony of a motel six don't worry the dog is fine And now the top stories on Sunrise for Thursday, December 17th. It was on this date in 1903 that Orville and Wilbur Wright took turns piloting their flying machine in Kill Devil Hills, North Carolina. Orville piloted the first flight that lasted just 12 seconds and went all of 120 feet. This is also National Maple Syrup Day. Most of the nursing homes and long-term care facilities in Florida are scheduled to begin vaccinating residents for COVID-19 on Monday, but that is not soon enough for the governor. So Ron DeSantis ordered state officials to set aside more than 20,000 doses of the Pfizer vaccine they've already received to begin vaccinations at nursing homes in Pinellas and Broward counties immediately. Today marks the
2: first state to be administering vaccines inside long-term care facilities. The reason why we wanted to do that uh, is because our residents of long-term care facilities uh, are more susceptible to negative outcomes than people who are very young. Uh, and we also knew that you know protecting them was important. It's been a big mission for the uh, uh, my administration from day one. We also knew that as you get vaccine out, as you have this protection, uh, you can have people return uh to more sense of normalcy i think they've done a great job here and given their seniors the ability to thrive but i mean some of these facilities they have really intense mitigation uh they don't have as many options and the residents even though we've supported visitation and everything we can um they're still not back to where they were pre-covid so this really helps i think It, it helps save lives but it also helps increase the quality of life for some of our most vulnerable residents
0: the governor made that announcement at John Knox Village in Pompano Beach, and he watched as the first senior was inoculated. Her name is Vera. Florida Emergency Management Director Jared Moskowitz says this is huge for all the people who've been isolating in nursing homes throughout the pandemic.
1: It wasn't just COVID that struck the long-term care facilities. It was isolation. It was being disconnected from their family members. It was not being able to have visitors. And so this is the beginning of the end to all of that for all of these people who have had to suffer with being alone and the mental health impacts of that in their elder years. Uh, and so um, I wanna mention that because the burden on uh, staff here and the residents has been bigger uh, than than everybody else. And so this is a very important day. Uh, it's why we didn't wanna waste uh, any any hours, any days, as soon as we can get the vaccine and we can get in the long-term care facilities. Each day matters for the people in facilities like this. It mattered that they needed PPE and it matters now every day uh, that we go to nursing homes and we go to ALFs uh, and we, we make sure that we're aggressive getting them uh, the vaccine. And I'm hopeful that as that vaccine gets out there and people see that it's safe uh, and effective, that we're going to see more and more people. Uh, getting the vaccine and that starts, you know, right here.
0: The state health department reported 125 additional fatalities from COVID Wednesday, along with 11,541 newly confirmed cases of the disease. There have now been more than 1,155,000 cases in Florida since the pandemic began. Our official death toll has reached 20,490. Speaking of the death toll, the Fort Lauderdale News and Sun Sentinel has a new report accusing the state of artificially depressing the number of COVID deaths reported just before and after the November election. The newspaper says, and I quote, an astonishing pattern has emerged in Florida's COVID death tally, one that suggests the state manipulated a backlog of unrecorded fatalities, presenting more favorable death counts in the days leading up to the 2020 presidential election. The issue here is the lag between the day someone actually dies and the day Florida reports the death. Basically, the health department stopped including backlog deaths in its daily counts 10 days before the election, and then they went back to the old method two weeks after the election. The result of that statistical sleight of hand is that the daily death numbers we saw during that time were significantly lower than they would otherwise have been. The commissioner of the Florida Department of Law Enforcement says his agents are not Nazis and he resents the comparison. When FDLE agents raided the home of COVID whistleblower Rebecca Jones last week, she tweeted that the governor had sent the Gestapo and Commissioner Rick Swearingen says that's a lie. One of several.
3: To me that term in and of itself is offensive. Um, She knows full well when she uses the term Gestapo what that implies. The Gestapo dragged innocent men, women, and children out of their homes and murdered them. So to compare agents lawfully executing a search warrant to the Gestapo is, is ridiculous. Um, and, and it should be offensive to everyone. So let's just talk about, uh, that's false statement number one by her. She didn't realize we had a video that showed how patient and professional my agents were. So that's false statement number one. She also alleged that my agents pointed guns at her children's head. You've seen my video, and you've seen the 11 seconds that she released. Nowhere in either one of those videos do you see an agent pointing a gun at a child's head. False statement number two. She later uh, alleges that my agent showed up at her home without a search warrant, but they didn't even have the search warrant, and she directed people to an exact moment in the video that I released. Six minutes and 30 seconds, and she says you can hear the agent say do you have the search warrant yet and another agent responds not yet go back and listen to the audio what the agent arriving on scene says is have you guys announced that you have a search warrant yet and the agent says not yet we had been trying to knock politely on her door ring her doorbell and called her numerous times to handle this in a manner that was respectful of the fact that there were children there. False statement number three. She further said uh, that my agents knew they weren't violent and knew they don't, didn't have guns in the home. We have no way of knowing whether anybody has a gun in their home. I'm going to give her the benefit of the doubt that maybe she doesn't know gun laws in the state for that, so I'm not going to accuse her of making a false statement. When it comes to saying that she is nonviolent, if you simply Google Rebecca Jones in Louisiana, which is where she came from, the very first search item that is returned is a crime brief from Louisiana State University that outlines that Mrs. Jones was being terminated by LSU. They asked LSU police officers to be present, they must have suspected there'd be a problem. During that, she, she was asked to leave and apparently refused, so she wound up being arrested for trespassing, battery on a law enforcement officer, two counts, and resisting arrest, two counts. She was being terminated for undisclosed reasons. I don't, I don't know what the reason for the termination was. Um, when they advised her that she was terminated and asked her to leave, uh, she apparently said she had some research data on her computer that she was not leaving without getting her research data. Apparently HR told her, that's our data, it's our computer. When the officer asked her to leave based on the request from HR, she refused. He gave her a couple of offers to leave peacefully. She refused. When he advised her, she was under arrest. She resisted. She kicked him in the groin. He was able to subdue her, forcibly subdue her until other officers arrived. And it says in the report at that point, he had to step aside due to the pain he suffered from the kick in the groin. Now, I have no personal ill will against Miss Jones, to be honest with you, before seven to ten days ago, other than seeing her name in the headlines, had no idea who she was. I don't take any of these investigations personally, but in light of the allegations being thrown at law enforcement today, for her to make those false statements about the way law law enforcement officers behaved. Uh, I, I feel like that needs to be addressed.
0: FDLE is still investigating allegations that Jones logged into a state health department messaging system and sent emails urging employees to speak out. But Florida Agriculture Commissioner Nikki Freed, who serves on the state cabinet and is technically one of Swearingen's bosses, says Jones is not the real issue here. It's the guy who turned her into a whistleblower, Governor DeSantis
4: but i want to take everybody back to why we were here to begin with and the reality is that if the governor had been transparent with the people of our state It's been well documented that he continues to spin data, um, hasn't listened to science or to to medical experts, has completely uh, suppressed numbers when it comes to those inside of DOC in our prison system, uh, to the nursing homes, and we would not be here today if he in fact still had the trust of the people. People have relied for other information not coming from the governor's office, and that is why we're here today in the situation, and he continues to lodge character attacks Um, from the governor's mansion is absolutely irresponsible
0: next up on sunrise florida's attorney general defends her participation in the gop effort to throw out millions of votes in four swing states and finagle a second term for donald trump but first a word from the sponsors you're listening to the sunrise podcast from florida politics and we are much obliged
4: if you live along the i-4 corridor learn to use your business experience to impact public policy Apply by January 8th to the Central Florida Political Leadership Institute at cflpli.org. The Orlando Economic Partnership offers this free, nonpartisan program for business-minded leaders to explore whether elected or appointed office is right for them, discover political strategies to succeed and lead, and join a network of influencers. Apply by January 8th at cflpli.org.
0: Welcome back to Sunrise. When Ashley Moody ran for attorney general two years ago, she promised to put the law ahead of politics. But after the last couple of weeks, it's safe to say she has failed miserably. Moody was one of the Republicans who filed a brief supporting a lawsuit by the Attorney General of Texas, who wanted the Supreme Court to disenfranchise millions of voters in four swing states won by Joe Biden. After Tuesday's cabinet meeting, Moody told Political Florida reporter Gary Fineout she was not trying to overturn the will of the American people. She claims she only wanted the court to hear the arguments so people would know all the legal challenges had been reviewed.
4: What I did in this instance was ask the Supreme Court to do what I believe courts of law do so well and that is take arguments and questions of law, questions of fact and come come to a conclusion and resolution for the stability of our country and society. And states.
2: All right. So yes, it was to take jurisdiction and to recognize the Texas case. Did you agree with the remedy that was being suggested in the Texas case, which was to throw out the votes of millions of Americans? And why wouldn't that be viewed as an anti-democratic this act? This
4: was not. This was about asking the Supreme Court to take jurisdiction and decide a case that they had not done so yet, and that was the issue that has been argued previously, and that is whether state electors and state judiciaries can arbitrarily change law opposite of the direction, the specific direction of their legislatures, and whether or not that can be heard by the Supreme Court on one state's challenge to another. We believed in this instance that they should accept that jurisdiction, issue a decision that it would bring um, an understanding by not just Floridians, but by Americans that our nation's highest court had reviewed this and it would bring trust and faith in our electoral process, not just for this election, but for future elections. And I believe absolutely Floridians, Americans need to look at the decisions that are made and coming out of the courts, and and judge for themselves whether the courts were given an opportunity to fully review and make a decision on behalf of uh, the the country as we as we get to a resolution of this process. Because, as you know. We have a voting process, we have an electoral process. Let me finish. We have a voting process, an electoral process, and then there are legal arguments, as have been historically. I believe that we will have a peaceful uh, transition of power, as we have historically. And the court process adds to that, and I'm proud of that about our country. Well this has been done before when there are legal arguments outstanding as happens. There's voting, there are legal arguments, sometimes there are court decisions. Uh, You know I think that the process will play out as intended. Um, You you will have states that have electors, they'll send those uh, to, to Congress, those will be opened, those will be certified, but the process will be playing out as it has happened historically. If a legal decision changes that, that will That that may change that, but you know Americans, Floridians should be confident in the fact that government officials want to see a fair election process that is done with integrity, and if there are questions about that, that the courts are given an opportunity to to hear those. And in filing an amicus asking the Supreme Court to take jurisdiction, that's what we were doing.
0: There's an old fashioned term for Moody's argument heifer dust. That's a polite way of saying bullshit. And it would be nice to have an attorney general who wasn't trying to disguise it as something noble. If she was really so concerned about states bending their laws to make it easier for people to vote during a pandemic, maybe she should look in the mirror because Florida did that too. Imagine Moody's outrage if the attorney general in a blue state tried to get our votes thrown out because the secretary of state signed an executive order allowing more drop boxes for mail-in ballots. The High Court ended up rejecting the Texas lawsuit, but not before two thirds of the House Republicans, including 13 of Florida's 16 GOP representatives, signed onto a brief encouraging justices to hear the case. Your calendar of events begins at 9 with the meeting of the Florida Fish and Wildlife Conservation Commission. The Broward County Legislative Delegation holds a public hearing at 10 in Fort Lauderdale. The EPA Administrator, Andrew Wheeler, is holding a press conference on what's described as a major Florida water announcement. That's at 10. Also at 10, the Florida Sheriff's Association holds a virtual press conference to discuss a new training program to identify and address post-traumatic stress in law enforcement officers. The Florida Supreme Court releases its weekly opinions at 11. The Putnam County Legislative Delegation meets at 2 in Palatka. The Florida Historical Marker Council meets online at 2. Yes, there really is such a thing. The HEP Advisory Committee meets by conference call at 3. And the Medical Cannabis Advisory Committee meets by conference call at 4. Finally today, a Florida woman is accused of attacking a maid and throwing her German Shepherd off a motel balcony. Police in Daytona Beach got a call from a Motel 6 Monday where the staff said a woman had attacked one of the maids and was threatening to jump off a second-story balcony. When deputies knocked on her door, they say 35-year-old Allison Murphy came out with a German Shepherd and threw it over the railing. She's charged with animal cruelty and resisting an officer with violence. The dog survived, but when she was x-rayed, they found a sewing needle embedded in her thigh and removed it. Deputies are calling her Miracle. That's it for today's installment of Sunrise. I'm Rick Flagg in Tallahassee, inviting you to join us again tomorrow as we plumb the depths of Florida politics.